Hello, everybody. Welcome to East West Draftcast. This is your host, Jeff. Uh, today we have a sweet show for you. We are going to be talking about the Magic Online Cube uh, just for the holiday season. We got the holiday cube coming up. It's going to be up for two weeks, I think. And uh, get your Phantom tickets ready because Cube's fucking sweet. And uh, <laughs> who's we? Who's we in this scenario? Uh, we are you? Are you asking who you are? Is that what you just? Said? <laughs> uh, no, no. You just kept on saying we. I'm pretty aware who I am, although right now <laughs> maybe a little different than usual. But uh, yeah, co-hosting hey, today, Ryan, <laughs> Ryan Hogan. <laughs> yeah. I was oh, just well, going to skip right over that one. but <laughs> Get it in editing. Yes. Uh, so we got Ryan Hogan. <laughs> uh, Greg's out. Uh, unfortunately, he's busy this weekend. Um, we'll probably get maybe one more podcast in this month. Uh, we're hoping to get a third one when I'm actually in California. Uh, I feel like we say that every year so far and haven't done it, so we'll see. But, um. We'll, we'll do it, Jeff. Sweet. Let's make it happen. Yeah. Sweet. So anyway, uh, we're here to talk about Magic Online Cube. Um, we have the Holiday Cube, which is a kind of special cube they do, uh, or they did it last year. They're doing it this year too, so this seems to be an annual event now. Um, where they uh, put up cube for a couple weeks, and it is full of very powerful things. Very powerful cards. Yeah. They add in the power. The power, yeah. And is it all the power they add, Jeff, or is there any of the power that they leave out? Something with time in its name? Oh, no. Time Twister is very much in there. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I, you know, if the, the reason it's in there, I'm guessing for Storm... I mean, it's got to be good with Storm, right? Drawing seven for three, but uh, yeah. But I'm, it still seems awful. <laughs> Time Twister I'm, is such a weak card. Like for it being in the Power Nine, it's just such a joke to me. But do you think someone should replace it? Should we have like a a new a new ninth power card? Power ten, or just like you know, Pluto the shit out of Time Twister. <laughs> I'm feeling the I'm feeling the Pluto. <laughs> I'm feeling just being like, that's power eight. Who are we kidding? The, yeah. I mean, Time Twister's, come on. It's three mana to draw seven. Not a bad card. It's just not on the level of the other eight cards. But whatever. Um, anyway, uh, we are here to talk about Time Twister for an hour. Uh, hopefully, we'll get to the other cards in this list. Um, but really, what we wanted to talk about was the archetypes of this holiday cube or more of the magic online cube in general with this holiday version in mind, it is slightly different. Uh, there are certain archetypes that are much stronger and some that are, I would say much weaker. Um, and we'll try to point those out to you as well as, uh, I don't know, tell you some uh, important cards that you might want to pick up on if you're going in an archetype and, uh, to tell you that, yeah, just the different things you could try to do. um, so, I'm going to start this. I did not prepare a pick-a-card list, but I'm going to do one anyway. Nice. On the fly, then. On yeah. the fly. I'm looking at the list <laughs> of the cube, and I'm just going to point at cards and be like, this versus this, Ryan. 
who you got. Uh, probably just look for the cards that are very interesting to me or different. Okay. Um, so let's just get this going. Let's let's um let's grab a card here. Uh, see, so the first card is gonna gonna show like what the power level of this list is gonna be. And I'm gonna say that the power level of this list is gonna start <laughs> at Elish Norn, Grand Fight. Uh, the Norn. The Norn. So, of, so the, it's starting strong as yeah, far as absolutely generally like good finishers, good reanimation targets. Yeah, very good card. Um, yes. Elish Norn. Uh, probably I don't know. It might be the best seven mana creature in the cube, or well, mm. one of them. Yeah, that's going to be a tough list to go through, yeah. <laughs> but that's not this list. <laughs> anyway, uh, Elish Norn, we're going to put that up against... Uh, we're going to put that up against Mana Drain. Ooh, I like that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to go with Mana Drain. Um, and is this in the context of pick one, pack one, per usual? Yes, yeah. usual, this is All a... Right, yeah. I think I would go with uh, Mana Drain. Since I could see that getting played in any blue deck, while every white deck won't want Elish Norn. True. As good as it is, I think Elish Norn is not what you consider a white card. In that uh, this holiday cube pushes white in different directions. You know, you've got Ravages of War and Armageddon and a bunch of white creatures, and that's mainly what white seems to want to do. Right. But as far as ramping into a big creature, Elish Norn is just one of the many that could be at the top end, and it can be one of the many that's very good to reanimate. But Mondrain's going to set up more just completely broken games. <laughs> <laughs> it is a busted it's, card. It's that much mana potentially. I mean, even if it's just two, if it's cast on turn two, and yeah, just get yourself five mana on the next turn, that can be just busted enough to to seal a game right away. Totally, so, totally. Yeah, too good of a tempo play. All right, well, uh, let's see how you feel about that sweet control card again. Like, what do you think of the list, though? You're with Mondrain, right? Oh yeah, I'm on monitor. <laughs> Starting off easy then. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's that's probably like one of the number one cards I'll want to pick first in cube. Mm-hmm. Myself, I really like the blue decks that, uh, especially the blue decks that pair with red and play big X spells for the win. <laughs> Man- <Yeah>. Mana Drain's <laughs> really good with that. Uh, yeah. yeah, that is your that is your brew. Yeah. I, I fucking love that deck. Uh, anyway, so we got we got a mana drain. So we're getting pretty. We're, we have some high power cards here. Uh, let's put it up against necromancy. Oh, it's necromancy. Um, I'm inclined to still take. Uh, yeah, still take the, the drain. I think necromancy is just a second tier reanimation spell. Ooh, second tier reanimation spell. <laughs> I think I it's, mean, it's instant speed, right? So you can pluck it out. Can be instant speed. Eldrazi, uh, if need be. Only until end of turn if it's instant. But yes, yes. Is it? Um, can't remember. Is it until the beginning of the next end step or end of turn? So you can do it like end of their turn. Uh, you can do it end of their turn. I think. I would need to uh, read it, but it's only got a lot of text and don't really feel like it. Very end of turn. Nope. So, yeah, end of turn, not beginning of the next end step. So you got to do it on your turn. All right, which is not, you know, yeah, Okay, okay. But, yeah, I would definitely go with the Drain. I mean, Drain is broken, and Necromancy does what many other cards can do. 
Um, True. Yeah, I think it's a fine combo card, but what would you take over it if you had other reanimation choices? Uh, like, what's a better reanimation spell than Necromancy? Yeah, yeah, just thinking if, like, if you name that, did you want that to be... Do you think that's one of the better reanimation spells? I do. Um, I think Animate Dead is better. Same. Um, I think... Exhum? I think Exhum is worse, actually. Okay. Um, I would say Reanimate... The actual reanimate. The actual reanimate. Yeah. It's probably better. So animate dead, reanimate. Yeah, just the cheaper ones essentially, except yeah. And exhum. Except for exhum. Exhum is it can be rough because uh, it's it can be bad late game or not bad but just much weaker late game or yeah. I guess yes. I guess when I say late game I mean like mid game because if you're a late game with reanimator you're probably really fucking up. But I don't know. Uh, it just I, I don't like the downside of the card very much. Um, I can dig that. Yeah, when you're comboing off, doesn't matter as much, right? But if the game does go late and they have a chance to have something in the yard, then you're right. It can be it can be a liability. Hopefully, you're always reanimating something that can win you the game or put you close enough to winning the game that they too don't have a card in their yard of a similar quality. Uh-huh. But yeah, that occasionally happens. So certainly is a downside. Yeah. All right. I, Go yeah. ahead. More. Anyway, uh, so the next one we got Mandrain still. Let's put it up against what I think is probably the best red card in the cube, Lightning Bolt. Ooh, um, yeah, I would uh, definitely still take the Drain just because uh, for the same thing I've said about the other cards, they're like somewhat replaceable effects. I guess like everything, you know, if you're just talking about countering a spell, if you're not going to use the mana the next turn. No big deal, but when when drain is good, it's amazing and broken. When bolt is good, it's it's just very good. The gold standard for all the the instant speed burn. Yeah, maybe just all the burn, depending on what you want to call burn. It's not in permanent form, but I would say when bolt is good, it's better than drain because when bolt is good or when it's like at its best, you won the it's game. It's winning the game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, but. Uh, yeah, it, I, it's definitely replaceable, which is a big thing. Um, I think that the idea behind mana drain is more that the man, the extra mana is just the gravy and it's really just a counter spell. That's how I think of it. So I feel like it's a replaceable effect in a way as well. It's obviously, you know, it, it has like the, oh, randomly I just get to break this game wide open, but uh, I don't know. I I feel like it's also a replaceable effect, although not as replaceable as say a burn spell. Um, I would I would stick with mana drain, uh, but I would be I'd be pretty happy with lightning bolt. Like if I don't know if it was a pick two type situation and my first card put me slightly more interested in maybe a burn spell, I would definitely take the bolt. I'm not like that. I don't think Mandarin is that much better. Okay. So when you first pick, let's say, uh, Prophetic Bolt, <laughs> as Jeff is wont to do, you take the bolt over the drain. Next time, the lightning bolt over the drain. Um, pick- yeah, probably. I, if, right. I, if I'm going to be blue-red, I'd rather have lightning bolt. Okay. Good um, to know. Because... Because, boy, is it so fucking efficient. 
I just <laughs> it just gets me real real good. Uh, all right. You can safely say there will never be a one mana burn four. Right. Bolt <laughs> is as good as it's going to get for that cost. That, <laughs> that would be a bunch of shit if they did that. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm amazed that they reprinted Lightning Bolt myself, but hey, I'm glad they did because it's sweet. Um, all right. So, yeah, I'm just going through the colors here. This this is a rough one because, uh, in my opinion, green is is on the weaker end. I, or well, I don't know. I guess red red is probably at the weakest in terms of just super powerful spells. But let's put this up against channel. Oh wow! Mana drain uh, versus channel. Yeah. I think a personal preference would come into a lot here. Where? Yeah. Yeah, I guess I would take the. I would definitely take the channel if there's Eldrazi. I feel pretty good about making that pick. If you can get like, if you can take it early, there are then, all the Eldrazi. In this yeah. Team, so. so so you got what? Sundering Titan, Karn, Eldrazi as being like the easy ones where you can just power them out turn two. Yep. And otherwise, one more mana, and you can potentially fireball them. So yeah, I think I might just take the, <laughs> I might just take the channel, even though channel and whatever else you were about to cast, well, almost whatever else you're about to cast, just like gets completely hosed by Monodrain. So it's like the best <laughs> pick-a-card list you can possibly put out there. Yeah, you just, the Monodrain player casually lets the channel resolve. <laughs> pretty rough one. And gets 10 mana on the next turn. Yeah. What the hell else? Yeah. No, it would be... Oof. That's putting the fear of casting channel in my heart. Um, but yeah, I would, go, I would go channel, but just a preference. Yeah. I think Drain is probably the overall better pick, especially because it's in presumably the best color. Okay. Um, let's let's end this list on a land. I think I'm gonna ignore the artifacts because there there's so many good ones. It's gonna make my mind explode to try to figure it out. Uh, let's end this on strip mine. Uh, I was hoping you would say strip mine. I think that was the only card that would be Contention. up there in the running. Yeah, the strongest. Uh, yeah, I'll take strip mine. <laughs> <laughs> I like that pick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Although. This holiday cube is it quite as good with signets running around all over the place? True, it's probably slightly worse. Um, I except they also have the bounce lands in this cube, so that's true. That's true. So they it gets better with the bounce lands in, worse with the more artifact mana. Uh, I don't know. I just I, I I would take strip mine out of this, and I'm I'm a big fan of lands in general. That's just yeah. no, nothing keeps you more open than that pick, and it can do some really pretty broken things. Like mm. all you have to do is be ahead on board by a little bit, and strip mine is super good. And then if you, I mean, there are a bunch of ways to to break it open. So, yeah, there's a bunch of combo in this in the holiday cube, right? That's yeah, something it's that's very combo. Be noted that it's heavier in the combo. So maybe it is just mana drain. Maybe you just want to take a glut of counter spells. Yeah, I mean, just, well, the problem with blue in this cube is that it's really, really good. <laughs> and is I, that... I saw Sphinx of Dwar Isle in there. It's, it's definitely got its, its doozies. It has its doozies, for sure. But I mean, like I said, they added the power and two of those, well, three of those cards are blue. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest being artifacts. Yeah. So, like... 
there's just a lot of really, really solid cards in blue. Um, and I think that it's because of that, like because Mana Drain's in, because Time Walk's in, because Ancestral's in. Anybody opens those, they're taking them. Pulse is in? All right, sorry, I just was looking over the spoiler. Yeah, blue. Oh, God, get into blue. <laughs> yeah, well, but at, because of that, it's going to be drafted heavily. And uh, Yeah. And I don't love to be in colors that are drafted heavily myself, but uh, with that said, yeah, it's the best color by probably a mile. <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty damn good. But anyway, um, let's talk about some, some strategies to draft with this cube. Sounds good. Sounds good. Do you have one in mind that, uh, that you like to go to? Since this has only been, this is the second year running, as you said, so we've only had one crack at this version of the cube, which is considerably different from the normal cube. Uh, what did you draft last year? Um, I drafted, I think, the same thing that everybody else drafted. Uh, <laughs> well, as in, there's something that was really, really good last year, and I'm assuming still now, because this cube is really not that different from the last version. Um is the artifact ramp deck. So what changed about it? What is the what is the artifact ramp deck? Well, the big change is that we have a million signets. Yeah. Um and so like instead of having the regular like maybe five two mana artifacts that ramp you, you now have like fifteen. <laughs> uh add onto that all the mocks that have been added, the five mocks and um and not only that, but uh, they added some some tasty things like Metalworker. Um, I think there's some other uh, ridiculous type cards like that. Um, but in general, uh, really expensive spells in Cube are so much more powerful than all the other spells. Like, because mm-hmm. they're really expensive <laughs> yeah was, the power kind of grows exponentially yeah it really does um and so when you can play like your seven mana spell on turn four uh or earlier even um you tend to be the winner of that game and it's really easy to draft this this kind of archetype uh because of the support is just so heavy um, but the, the nicest thing about it for me is that there's a few different ways you can go with it where you can make it so it's just a straight combo deck. Um, and the, and obviously like a major thing that you'll want to look for is Tinker in that deck. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're playing all these artifacts, you're probably playing some giant monster artifacts, and that's exactly what Tinker's in there for. Um, but you can also just go, like, uh, show and tell in the same deck, and, and just these ways to just cheat your giant monsters out as fast as possible um, with your kind of... The, the backup, essentially, is just to ramp them out faster. Yeah. So, like, no matter what, if you draw your monster, your Sundering Titan, it's going to be played. You know, it's, it's coming into play. Yeah. Uh, so that's Lightsteel Colossus, I guess, was added as the uh, one of the other top ends or the top end. Is that in this? Jesus. Yeah, yeah, it's it's in this one. It's that Sundering Titan and I 
can't remember if there is another one that's on par with that as far as, uh, as, far as like top end artifacts are concerned. Yeah. That are just totally status. Yeah, but so I guess worm coil always, but worm coil is always nice. I like the mere battle sphere quite a bit. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, and then I, these aren't artifacts, but you got all the all the Drazi, Eldrazi, um, mm-hmm. and you got all his dust in there, which is a sweet card for the artifact deck. Oh yeah. Uh, As is Null Rod against it. Jesus, look <laughs> yeah. how good that looks. <laughs> uh, in case anyone doesn't know, players cannot play any artifact abilities requiring an activation cost. So yeah. this is uh, they play a card that's seen some play and yeah. a lot of sideboards. And uh, tapping is an activation for those that don't realize. Um, yeah, Null Rod is in there. That's that's new. I think I don't think they had that. They might, um, yeah. Maybe they did. Did they have it last year? I, I think they did. I believe did they, they did. did they? I'm almost yeah. positive, actually. And uh, So yeah, Null Rod or Mana Drain? Pick one back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't want the Null Rod. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, the other thing you can go, um, which is was a popular... It's it's a popular archetype in the regular MTGO Cube, which is the Wildfire deck, where you draft all the artifact mana and then blow up the board of lands and creatures. Yes. Yes. Um, and you're left with all these artifact lands, essentially. Um, so that's a fun one. Um, so there's a few different like avenues to take with this artifact ramp deck. Uh, and one of the best things about it in general is that it can kind of be any color. Yeah, that, I was about to say that ramps and fixes. It gives you such availability at the top end all throughout the colors, it looks like. Yeah, it, it tends to be like a multicolor deck and... You kind of just get to take whatever you want. Um, yeah, it's really, really good. Uh, I don't know. Like, I, in my opinion, I think that, that it makes for an unhealthy environment when a cube is built like this. Uh, in what way? Um, because, uh, colors become very blurred. Like, the color identity kind of goes away because every deck can play any color. When, when you have access to 10 signets, um, it's just, I don't know. So it's too easy. Like, yeah, it's too easy. You, you want it to be, you, you want to have to work for multicolored decks or like a three color bit. plus decks, right? Yeah. Like that should be something that plays into your, your draft strategy, how high you pick fixing, something like that. Totally. Especially when the fixing is also ramp. Yeah. But yeah. So maybe it is a little, a little too easy to come across these. I can, I can definitely see that. Yeah, I mean it's it's a fun deck though. So uh, and it, I think it, it's probably the best deck in the format as far as I can remember. Mm-hmm. But um, there's another ramp deck. You want to talk about that one? Uh, the green based one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to talk about that one. That's um looks like it's stayed the same. I mean, still has Rofalos, still has um all the elves that have been in it before. It still has. I, I oh, noticed uh, maybe that, not all the elves. I don't know if there have been elves that are cut, but the key ones are definitely still in here. Well, they added uh, Elvish Mystic. They just added it, so just added it outright. Instead of Lana War and Finhorn, we have Lana War, Finhorn, and Elvish Mystic. All three reprints essentially. Oh wow. Okay. Do we still have a uh, terrible? Let's see, Boreal. Um, uh, no, Boreal. be a lot gone. easier to answer if we um, say had a <laughs> list that we were describing about this was in order uh, by say creature type, or type of card, I should say. Alphabetical order, but no. No, Wizards just slapped it up there. Just (laughs) looks like 
like someone was handed a stack of cards, sort of <laughs> just like put this just touch it and say what. Yeah, no, we have elves of deep shadow and arbor elf, and uh, I think the uh, what's that one? The, the pilgrim, yeah. So we we got like about a million one one <laughs> mana, <laughs> yeah. Not to mention birds of paradise and uh, yeah. hierarch. I mean, there's literally still like cobra, twelve different one drop ramp creatures in green. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much almost like eighty percent of the green cards are ramp creatures. Yeah. It's... Green does not necessarily want to cast wildfire. <laughs> no. <laughs> there's is... very distinct ramp decks here. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but yeah, what do I think of this one? It looks uh, it looks about the same. And then also, as long as you have natural order going into well, like there's always plenty of good green targets, and I am. Is this right that they don't have multicolored cards when in the holiday cube? Or wait, no, they, they do. still have multicolored, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, they do. All right, thank Jesus. I was just looking for the <laughs> section. I didn't see it for a moment. Like, holy, that would explain all the signets being in there. Yeah, they have. So, um, yeah, still so progenitus. So that's always a fun one. Um, <laughs> and you also get um, Eureka. Yeah. In this, Eureka's so there. yeah, the ramp. Uh, the ramp can be skipped if you wanted to, you know, play that warp whistle and just eureka out your entire busted ass hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, so, do you prefer eureka as like a backup plan, or do you prefer that as your main plan if you're? Um, you've got it depends it. on what you're trying to do, uh, what your base color is. I think it can be main plan if you're blue with a lot of draw and you're cycling through your deck, yeah. and uh, if you think it's an inevitability that you'll see your uh, that critical combo piece. But I mean, if you're green and you're not gonna be able to draw through your deck, I don't think you can ever really bank on um, on hitting one card. You just want to have a consistent uh, deck, and that's why you have you know three different land of war elves in this uh, in this deck. Yeah. So I guess the question would be, um, if everyone else gets to ramp, is your ramp more susceptible to to hate? Is there gonna be more hate that gets rid of creatures than there are of signets? And I don't think I need to look at the list to know that's undoubtedly yes. Yeah, that is definitely <laughs> correct, yes. So there's no way to put in enough artifact hate to, to make that anywhere close to balanced. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, just having like the, the key cards, Natural Order, since you're base green, uh, Eureka and Channel are the other two main green combo cards. Uh, I guess Oracle needs to be paired with other cards to really get busted. Uh, up, uh, say Uprising. Um Help me out here. Uh, upheaval. Upheaval. <laughs> <laughs> wow, why did that leave my head? Um, so yeah, it's a uh, it's a deck where mainly you want to you want to take the elves over everything. Yeah. Um, especially because you can also easily pair this with some sort of like a uh, what's it called? Um, blanking. Blanking. I know magic cards. Uh, survival of the fittest. There survival you go. Of the and, uh, that dude, that dude elf. You know the dude, the guy that mimics survival. Yeah, the fauna oh, shaman. Fauna shaman. Jesus. <laughs> I played these cards like a thousand times. Yeah. Um, yeah, those can be your. Those can take advantage of it really quickly or uh, really well as well because you want a bunch of creatures to turn those creatures into, of course, something gigantic. Or you could just happen to ramp. So those are kind of like the secondary strategies. It could easily be secondary to the ramp. Or they could be primary with ramp kind of secondary. Those are just your coincidental creatures that you have in there. Mm-hmm. But it's not quite 
as good that way as just having like a bunch of value off of enters the battlefield abilities instead of dorky little rampers. True. But uh, yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely a way to go. But I think you nailed it, um, saying that the artifact ramp is really what gets pushed when you get into this uh, when you get into this cube, and because that's so well pushed, and you can be so many different colors, like it probably behooves you more to stick to your artifact ramp rather than creature ramp, rather than, like, the elf ramp when you're looking at your opening packs. Right. I mean, there's it, yourself more open. There's very little uh, reward for just sticking with green for your ramp when you can get it anywhere. Like, you might as well stay more open and not force yourself into the green color if you don't have to. Yeah. Um, That's definitely, definitely a peeve of many a green player when, like, the fixing is too abundant outside of green. It feels kind of violating. <laughs> it is violating. I agree. I, it's like, what would the red mage said if it, like, gave green a burn three spell? Like, what would you say? <laughs> or gave an artifact burn three spell, like, yeah, essentially. Yeah. Just, yeah, really. Yeah, that's pretty dumb. But, anyway, anyway uh, that's green ramp. Uh, I think, in general, in most cubes, it's a very good deck. In this one, like we were just talking about, uh, it's... It's kind of like the tier two ramp deck, so mm-hmm. keep that in mind. Um, next, I just want to talk about uh, the different types of blue control you can draft. Um, I guess the the two major different types are the blue control deck that is playing all instants and the one that is not. Um, <laughs> So is it still the control deck, though? The one that's, as you say, not playing all instants? Right. Uh, tap out version. The tap-out version, it's... it's. I guess it's not a control deck, it's more of a value deck, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's more about, like, a lot of its stuff comes into play and does something. Uh, talk, uh, yeah, a lot of ETB effects. Yeah, talking about, like, the mole drifters of the world or the mana wars. Vendillion clicks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Although click is an instant, but... Um, but yeah, uh, and like the clones and such, um, these types of things are for the kind of tap out version mm-hmm. where, uh, the instant speed version. So like the instant speed version wants to probably just play a, uh, I don't know what I'm blanking on the name of a card. Uh, <laughs> What's that draw spell that's an instant? <laughs> that draw spell that's an instant? <laughs> Which is a cost. Uh, Narrow it down for me. <laughs> discard an artifact. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, thirst for knowledge. Thirst for knowledge. Yeah. The instant speed deck probably <laughs> wants to play thirst for knowledge over something like a, a mole drifter. Because although the mole drifter is just like a more powerful card, you have to tap out on your turn. And, and the point of the instant speed deck is that you're playing a lot of uh, instant speed draw and counter. And so, uh, yeah, if you if you give up a turn where you can't counter, you're they'll just get it in there and, and you're boned. So, um, really, presuming that like this is a format that's a lot faster, mm-hmm. there's a lot less at turns in your average game because mm-hmm. of because uh, of the power. Yeah, they've added a bunch of combo pieces. Totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, people are getting to much more mana, much quicker to 
enact their game plan. So. Right. And so, like, the, yeah. the sorcery speed effects that you'd be willing to play in that type of deck are the ones that cost very few mana. Uh, thinking of, like... Uh, let's see. <laughs> None of these cards. Um, no, thinking of, say, uh, Preordain, or, mm-hmm. um, like a, uh, Phantasmal Image, or just these kind of, like, cheap cards that can have a big effect on the game, um, where you can leave open, you can play it on turn four, leave open two more mana, so you can still counterspell or what have you. Yes, yes. Um... Yeah, that's personally my favorite deck is the instant speed counter control deck. Um, we just we talked about it a second ago. Yeah, just with a few lightning bolts in there. For yeah, good measure. Pair, yeah, pairing it with red, so I just <laughs> I kill with just straight spells like it's yeah. just the no creature special. That's yeah. <laughs> Have you actually done the no creature special before? No, it's oh, it's so hard. I do it. <laughs> it's so hard because. Like you end up with a few creatures that are just good. It's just like, okay. why why would I not play this? Um, and the, and the nice thing is that, like, even with just a few creatures, like you're still blanking your opponent's removal just by the fact that uh, plenty of games you won't really get those creatures, or you'll you'll get them like, you know, in game two when they cited out all the removal. So, <laughs> but or they're cards like Moldrifter or something like that where well, yeah, where you already got the, the deed is done yeah. and if they want to kill it they can kill it but totally you've got what you needed yeah. out of it like Vendil- yeah. Vendillion Click is essentially an instant speed spell yes. and something I would pick very highly um, in this kind of deck right, and so that's that's a creature that I, I can't do without um, yeah and some other ones too like I, I really like the clones the cheap clones Phyrexian Metamorph and the uh, one I just mentioned the Phantasmal Image mm-hmm. um, anyway those are the two kind of just blue-based decks you can build for control. Yeah. Or, I guess, one is more pseudo-control. Uh, but uh, if you really want to go controlling, why not just play all the colors? <laughs> why not? Actually, Jeff, that's a serious question. Uh, why not? No, there, there's no reason not to. <laughs> uh, because the fixing is so well. abundant, and the ramp, and the signets, and, and the flying... Uh, and we have, you know, such access to all the colors of mana that we may as well just take all the best control cards in all the colors. Uh, and that is five-color control and a very popular archetype in cube, in all cubes of all kinds. Um, in general, I think it's a pretty good deck, uh, pretty much relying 100% on power level of single cards, you know? So, like, your synergy will be very minimal. You'll, okay. you'll be playing cards because they're awesome. Like, you'll, you'll drop a Consecrated Sphinx because it's sweet. Um, in, yeah. Instead yeah. of, like, I don't know, playing some more, like, like, in the blue kind of tap-out strategy where you have all these Enter the Battlefields abilities and you get all, like, the blink stuff in white and you got all this synergy happening and you're having a good time. Gotcha. You don't really get to do that in the five-color deck. I mean, you can, uh, but you might as, you're probably going to end up sticking with just a few colors if you do that because uh, synergy tends to, you know, stay with, within colors. And you'd have the preference, not just the personal preference, but you think it's wise to go with the, the draw-go blue version? If you're base blue, if you're base blue, yeah. Uh, yeah. For this holiday cube, better to better to be on the aggressive 
or better to be on the defensive when it comes to blue? Truthfully, it's probably be on the aggressive is probably better, but okay. I prefer the other way, just okay. just because it's fun to me. <laughs> I would, I agree with the fun. I think that's uh, yeah, it's a lot more fun to pass the turn and really have to play <laughs> and make... play two turns of magic more so than just one. Yeah, yeah. You're playing on your turn and theirs presumably, but um, yeah, it seems like just countering, as I said earlier, just if combos can be so well pushed. And that people are going to invest like multiple cards, especially you know if you look at uh, ramping into one spell, and if that spell gets countered, then your game plan is gone. Like it's there's a lot of card advantage to be had with countering a spell when people commit to ramp. True, there's a lot of, like, true. Inherent card disadvantage to whatever ramp might be doing. Right. You don't have a way to maximize whatever those artifacts are that are lying around or mana elves that are just sticking around. You don't have a way to take advantage of those. So. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot game. of good tap-out blue cards, though. Um, I think it's heavier on that side than on the non-tap-out, mm-hmm. um, when just like just running through the cards. Uh, they added True Name Nemesis. True Name Nemesis. Getting all the, uh, all the hate from everybody. Oh, is that? I don't, didn't even know that. Well, I mean, it's functionally as fun as Hexproof. <laughs> Actually, oh, it's less fun. It's less than fun Hexproof. than Hexproof. That's yeah, awesome. yeah. So if Hexproof is the least fun keyword, I mean, it's possibly less fun than, say, destroying a land to some people. Like, you'd rather just, like, have no ability to cast cards and, like, just be taunted by a Hexproof creature. But anyway, yeah, True Name Nemesis, 3-1 for 3, and is just going to get there. That's there. <laughs> Unless they're Rathen. Unless they're Rathen. That's pretty much the only way, huh? Or Sack, or, sack or Code. Sacked. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. yeah, there's not very many ways to kill that thing. Uh, it's really obnoxious. It doesn't really fit the blue strategy in general. Uh, just having like a three power beater for three. It's kind of weird. Uh, uh-huh. Like most of like the tap out stuff uh, does more utility type things. Uh-huh. So just having a three one. Yeah, guy, you don't think is well. I it could be like something you want. I don't know, yeah. man. What do you think of Void Mage Prodigy? It's such Void a... Mage Prodigy's in it. Yeah, he's in there. Still? Yeah, is that just a you know tip the hat towards who's that guy? Who's that guy? Who's that guy? Is that Bob? Ma- no, no. What the hell's wrong with you? You don't know these things. This is Kai. Uh, this is Kai. Kai, right? One of Kai's. Kai's got two, right? No, this is only one. He's only got one. <laughs> and you're Wait, the... who's Guy? <laughs> Kai Buddha. I, I don't know anything, buddy. He's yeah, I, I know who that is. Considered just... maybe the best magic player of all time by some. Uh, yeah. And Bob is the card that everyone calls Bob. Uh, you know, That's Bob. Dark Confidant. Yeah. That makes a lot more sense. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You're going to have a lot of editing when this is said. Oh, this buddy. is all unedited. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. I just think there are more spells for the tap out deck than there are for the the sit around and wait deck. But okay. Anyway, um, much more many more creatures than there are counter spells, presumably. Yeah, there's a lot of creatures and there's a lot of um, just uh, what am I trying to say? Uh, sandwiches. Sandwiches. (laughs) All right. Not what I was trying to say. <laughs> it's like we're always finishing each other's... Sandwiches. <laughs> <right>. uh, anyway. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. 
Um, this next deck is is near and dear to your heart, I know. So let's hear let's hear about it. What is it? It's um, not five color control. <laughs> not, we're, we're kind of skipping over that. That one's yeah, pretty yeah, obvious. Yeah. The animator, then, yes. Yeah. Yes. Love it. The first deck I ever drafted with the Magic Online Cube. Yeah. Um, that we drafted, I should say. That was very much a, a team effort. That was a team. Uh, it was a team effort. A a single man's punt. <laughs> <laughs> but the deck was perfect. It was um like in retrospect, it was one of those decks where it was a first week of a format kind of deck. Right? Yeah, it was. A lot of people are not recognizing the different archetypes in a in a set, and then. A few people just get to stumble upon a deck that's just wide open. Yeah. And that's as wide open as reanimation or reanimator could ever be, where you know, every reanimation spell is, is wheeling all the, you know, God, I think Imperial Seal was still in back then. So it wasn't just, it was Vamp Tutor. We had Imperial yeah. Seal. We had God. Uh, Misty Tutor. We had every like blue draw discard spell. Um, yeah, like four reanimation spells. Like we pretty much had everything. We had everything. We had the cheapest version of everything, and we had the best reanimation targets. It was really just perfect. And um, yeah, I'd never played that deck before. But uh, <laughs> yeah, and now you played it. You played it like all week that week. Yeah, yeah. It's um pretty much all I want to do. So yeah, it's excellent. You really um you can go two ways when drafting it. You can take the reanimation spells very early and cut off. Uh, the potential for someone else to get into um, Reanimator and its different iterations, or you can draft the blue draw discard spells uh, earlier on and try and keep yourself potentially more open and see if the Reanimation spells wheel. Um, figuring that the blue spells might go in more decks than, of course, the Reanimation targets would go into right. profitably. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how I tend to like to draft it, just because falling into any sort of blue deck is... Uh, is usually not a bad place, bad place to be when drafting cube. Totally. So prioritize that, and then just see if the very like deck specific cards are still around. Although they are so powerful, those reanimation spells that that can be the signal to someone uh, to get in on it. Right. Yeah. I mean, on uh, how late they're getting these spells. The, so. s- the scary thing about this deck is that there are three elements to the combo instead of just like a lot of these combos, like natural order. Or channel or uh, show and tell, let's say, yeah. are just yeah. two card combos. Uh, with reanimator, like you have to not only have the reanimation spell on the target, but that target has to be in the graveyard. Yes. Um, yes. So there's three aspects to it. So you need to have the three parts in your deck and have them, you know, kind of in not equal portions. You probably want more draw and discard than anything, but, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's like. If you can end up with two pieces of the puzzle and have just an awful deck, and it's like the the most depressing thing is when you're just have the best draw discard and reanimation and just the worst targets. Yeah, <laughs> like, you're like reanimating yeah. like your best reanimation target is like Broodmate Dragon, and you're like, yeah, <laughs> I got or, two air elementals, buddy. Yeah, Niz Mizzet, I think, is the ultimate. Oh slot yeah. Base, it's like <laughs> you don't have the mana to do anything too profitable with it, as no enters the battlefield effect is just yeah. Just a dirtily <laughs> dragon. Just, exactly. Yeah. That's. Yeah, I mean, all... these things happen. Like, the, you have to realize that, like, your, I mean, your Sundering Titans and such are not coming around. Those things are are high priorities because they're not just because all the ramp is there. So like, 
there are multiple decks that can play these things, these very expensive spells. The, yeah, the, exactly. We just talked about a few of them. So. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, the other thing is when you're drafting a deck, it's very important to draft a good spread of targets. Um, as in targets that do multiple different things. Like you'll want one that gains you life, one that uh, puts a bunch of creatures into play, and one that um, is really hard to kill. Uh, things like that. Um, because if all of your guys are just the same type, like, you have a bunch of just, like, really hard-to-kill big guys, um, when you end up reanimating, if you really need to, like, gain that life right now, or you're there, you're just gonna lose, like, that worm coil engine would have been way better than your Acroma or whatever. Um, but anyway, uh... Yeah. Or you just get Shieldred and just let her do the rest. Yeah. Just sit back and have your woman just work. have the engine... <laughs> Chugging along. Yep, doing doing everything. Shaping <laughs> their board and pumping out fatties. Yeah. <laughs> um, that is that's the newts. Alright. Uh next the next deck I wanted to talk about just briefly, because I think this deck is pretty bad. Uh is something I call pants aggro. Or um equipment aggro or essentially We're not talking about white weenie here, we, is what you're saying. We're not necessarily like, mostly talking about it. Right. We're not necessarily talking about White Weenie, because I think Green enters this conversation, uh, and Red can even enter the conversation. I guess Black can, but boy, I I hope not. Um, So wait, Green enters the conversation. But Green doesn't really want to, right? Like, sometimes... Right. So so because we have all these cheap... Not its first choice. Because we have all these cheap mana elves, you can get out these equipment... That make your creatures absurd. Um, I'm talking about the swords, Gta, Batter Skull, what, what have you. Um, getting these things out early because they're mana elves and having a body to put it on. Um, so that's like gotcha. the point of green in this deck. If you go that direction, uh, I think that in general it's a white deck because um, there's a lot of cheap guys in white, uh, and then they tend to not be able to get the job done. Uh, so that's when you, they got to put their pants on, which is just a funny way to to express why White Weenie wants to have uh, wants to have all the uh, the good equipment. They're so bad on their own. Yeah, it's just so strictly second tier to the red aggro creatures yes. and red aggro burn that yep. uh, just takes a bit more work. Yeah, they just don't have the legs, so you got to give them the legs. <laughs> you got to give them the pants yeah. for their legless body. <laughs> that's cold, Jeff. It is. Um, yeah, so, like, I, I guess, like, I would call this, like, a sub-version of this deck is uh, the Geddon plan instead. So you draft Armageddon Ravages of War. There's two in there. And those actually go pretty late because... Do they? Yeah, because nobody... Just because no one wants to do... Nobody wants to do this, yeah. Nobody wants yeah. to aggro with white creatures. Yeah. For pretty good reason. But the nice thing is, uh, Geddon is, is a good reason to do so. Uh, you just land a few you know, pretty solid threats and drop a Geddon on turn four, and you tend to win. Uh, you can still lose, though, because <laughs> your threats are still, like, th- three-power or two-power guys. <laughs> uh, so they do have some work to do, but um, Geddon is pretty backbreaking and uh, I think underrated in, in online uh, cube drafting in general. It's incredibly powerful. It just seems like you don't really have much of a choice as to when you play Geddon, right? Right. I mean, it's just, 
or just white weenie in general. Like you're, you don't select your draw or pants aggro or whatever it might be. Like you don't select uh, your draw. You don't have many ways to dig through your deck, presumably. Right. So you're just kind of, you know, at the whims of the variants where you're gonna maybe draw your Armageddon or Ravages and just outright win, or you don't draw it and you're still just pumping out guys. And that's maybe just not the most fun thing for people to do. True. I've always felt. Yeah. Why people don't want to do it, because it's maybe not as powerful as Mono Red mm-hmm. and possibly not as fun. Right. I don't know if that's even possible, though. But It is possible, but let's talk about that deck. Mono Red. Um, it is... Alive in this cube, uh, technically. Uh, it's the cards are there. It's red again, like most cubes, is mostly centered around, you know, the ag- aggressive stuff. Uh, it it does feel like maybe a little bit. There's a little, a few less of those types of cards, maybe with a few more of the, I don't know, the bonfire of the damned type cards. Um, but in general, it's still a deck. Uh, I personally think it's an awful, awful, awful idea. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Just to have that, uh, archetype so well supported or? No, 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 to, to draft it. Oh, okay. I spent in, this is once again, particular to the holiday cube. Am I right? Uh, yes, it is particular to the holiday cube. I will say that in general, um, I don't think I think Monored is worse than most people think in any cube, but uh, and I'll mo- I'll say a hundred percent of the time it is because they are so focused on the fact that it is mono red. It does not have to be mono. I'm making it mono. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and that's a big thing in this cube or any cube really. Um, if you are drafting red aggro, be be open to. Or you, you pretty much you're just losing on a huge amount of power when you're not adding a second color because the the bonuses of being mono are like ball lightning or cough of the hammer or like these cards that are solid but not that high of a power level really yeah well the bonus of maybe a splash is something like i don't know um there's a million cards. I mean, <laughs> Bob, yeah, Dark Confidant. Yeah, Bob, old God, Kai damn. Buddha himself. <laughs> Shut your mouth. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, but I mean, you, yeah, you can get in like Lightning Helix or uh, you know all the all the awesome gold cards that you may may have been able to get in there. Oh, uh, one of my favorites is uh, what's that? Ah, uh, the Aristocrat, Falcon Raffle, Aristocrat. <laughs> That shit is ridiculous. Giggle every time you say aristocrats. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you, like giving up on the sweet black removal slash, you know, good cards you could put in, or the sweet white cards you could be putting in there. Um, less so on the sweet green cards, but you know, you could always get a bloodbraid elf and feel pretty good about yourself. So just recognizing where the splash colors makes your deck considerably better than whatever benefits on your mana mono red might have exactly but you want to be base red yes typically yes Yes. like that's the idea for red red anything sort of aggro you want to be base red rather than base another color with the exception of white right where you want to right having to splash on red for like a johnny lightning helix sure there's something else in there yeah there's there are good red white cards but uh 
yeah, totally. You you can be white splashing red, no problem, uh, and still be aggressive. I would say it's probably slightly worse than the red splashing white deck, but still good, or can be good. But yeah, in general, uh, aggro in this cube is kind of weak because because people are casting giant, scary, awesome spells much earlier than one might expect. So, be All right, so, you, so you're saying like it paid in like the blue or the blue deck to be more aggressive, and maybe that's where I didn't understand what you meant by being aggressive. Like you're saying mono red is worse because people are doing like, big, scary things. And those big, scary things, I think, is, like, the over-the-top plays. That right. mono-red or something that's, say, a little bit slower, like a blue tap-out deck, wouldn't be able to combat. So True. Yeah. Anyway. Um, okay, so... Man, this next deck, I have so much to say about it. <laughs> I'll sit back. <laughs> All right, so... The next deck we're going to talk about is something that they have been pushing in the Magic Online cube since day one. They have never stopped pushing it. And uh, they're still doing it in the Holiday cube. Won't stop, won't stop. And that deck is Storm. Yes. Uh, it's still there. <laughs> still chugging along. Trying to be a deck. Failing miserably at it. <laughs> it's costing LSB tickets. Yeah, so yeah, go on Channel Fireball after this few weeks. I'm sure you'll see... Probably 90% of the drafts will be trying to draft this deck because <laughs> they want a challenge. And the challenge is, can you draft the worst deck in the cube and still win? Because Storm is so bad. Like, it requires so much to go wrong, or wrong so much to go <laughs> right, not only in the draft, but also while playing. Like, you have to draw everything in the right order. And it's like, God, that deck is such a joke to me. Um... But uh, it's there. It's very supported. I mean, like I said, they have Time Twister in there. That's a good card for it. Um, you mentioned uh, Dream Halls. Jesus, what's happening there? Uh, what is happening there? <laughs> I mean, that's definitely, you know, that's got to be up there for achievements to unlock here. With, with <laughs> winning a draft with Dream Halls sounds yeah. pretty amazing. Uh, Spencer Harris will achieve that yeah. at some point this yeah. winter. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, but, but yeah, so it's all there. Um, and, the the finishers, I think, I think we have, uh, what are they? What are the storm cards they have in there? I can't even remember now. Um, they have the one that casts a bunch of free spells. Shoot, I can't even remember them all. But anyway, they're there. Oh, Mind's Desire is the one I was just thinking of. Yes, yes. Um, you know, they they are putting in the mill one, which I find interesting. Oh, Brain Freeze is in there. Oh, it is? Yes. Oh, God, it is. Brain Freeze is definitely in there. All right, yeah, yeah, it's there. Okay. Might have searched for that right away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, so anyway, so this deck is like, um, yeah, you, you just have to have a million things go right to get the win off with your Storm card, your one mm-hmm. Storm card. Um Probably like some of the most important cards in the deck would be uh, the, um, man, God, I'm so good at blanking right now. I would say the time mana. time twister that that is free. What is that card? Mm, yeah. Um, time spiral. Time spiral. So it, yeah. yeah. Uh, that that's a very important card. Uh, I don't know. 
Ryan actually has uh, a soft spot in his heart for awful decks, so why don't you talk about <laughs> talk about how to draft this a little bit more? Uh, well, if the the best strategy is to not draft it, <laughs> I think it's kind of like drafting a reanimator, where you just take your uh, the good blue spells that yeah. uh, can't trip or draw you cards first off. Um, if you're thinking that you might want to have a deck where that's the that's the base, that's the gears of the engine, and then uh, not to mix metaphors, but the chiefs <laughs> are like brainstorm and you know time spiral and cards that someone would only want if they're drafting storm. Right. Um, I think only one person could ever draft storm in a cube. I don't know what sort of packs would have to be open, so two people could. Oh, there's no storm. way. Yeah. There's just it doesn't seem possible. I mean, maybe with you know certain very very powerful cards like. Heartbeat of Spring, you can make it happen when all of a sudden you have twice the amount of mana to work with and a little draw. But right. but probably only one person can do it, as opposed to like, you know, there could be someone drafting a focus reanimator deck, and then other people that'll just happen to have some reanimated reanimation cards. But people won't happen to have a brain freeze in their deck or happen to have a time spiral. So I think this is of all the decks, um, the one where you should probably just take the filler first and wheel the cards that you definitely want to have as far as keeping yourself open is concerned, or as open as you might be willing to keep yourself, given that you might be taking a card like, you know, uh, Preordain first over a more powerful blue spell. Sure, yeah. Or over a counter spell or something like that, presumably more more powerful, but you want those cheap cantripping spells first off and then worry about the heartbeats and the, the restocks and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, a hilarious... Defense against brain freeze is just to play an Eldrazi. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, oh, you can't kill me now. Uh, but there's like, uh, there is some, you mentioned Heartbeat of Spring. There is some interesting stuff you can do with cards like that, or specifically with Heartbeat of Spring when you have, um, what's that guy? The Chronic? The Chronic, yeah, Palancron. Uh, yeah, it's an it's an infinite infinite mana loop you can do with Palancron and Heartbeat, and then also an infinite time off your clock. Oh yes, absolutely. <laughs> There's no good way to do this online. Yes, uh, but when you do have it, it's pretty sweet. You tend to play your entire deck and then just win. It's pretty fun, but uh, yeah, you'll probably lose to timeout when you do that. Mm-hmm. So watch I out. Actually, had had to fire off the combo. I was dead the next turn and had to like. Uh, it's a little interesting one. This is um, not the Holiday Cube, but the last version of the cube. Had Future Sight out, um, had Palancron and um, Heartbeat, and basically just needed to run good off the top, and I had a little bit of draw in order to do it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, just um, could not get there. I believe I had the, the Oracle, too. It was like every piece of the combo, and just sometimes you just have to go for it. But going for it is, with Palancron, is a, is a time-consuming experience. Yeah. So... Spent about like, I think I spent about like five, six minutes, seven minutes off the clock, which is already like a difficult slow deck to play. Just tapping my mana, untapping my mana, <laughs> just to get just enough recasting Chrome, untapping. Yeah. All this time goes by just to have the chance to combo off in time to win. Naturally, I didn't, um, <laughs> <laughs> and then it just felt bad. I'm like going into, I'm going to like game two, down a game, and I've got like. 13 minutes on my clock or something <laughs> absurd like that. I'm like, how am I supposed to win? Like, I ha- I can't win with Palancron. I no, don't have time to just win. Just side that shit out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, the, uh, 
don't know, be willing, if you're going to draft Palancron and do that nonsense, uh, be good with your clicking. Hopefully you don't have a laggy connection. Yeah, really. <laughs> be a good drummer. There's like a rhythm to it as you start to like zone out on your like 20th <laughs> Palancron bounce. <laughs> yeah, also, you know, you could like do a little bit of math before you, fi- you do stuff to like really figure out if you need that extra 20 mana. Like... Could you cut some minutes off just by being like, you know what? I don't need 60 mana in my pool. I can stop at 40. Oh but, well, yeah, yeah, that's for real. Because um, people will go overboard. Anyway, um, so that's that deck. I uh, don't recommend it, but you know, a lot of people think it's like the most fun thing you can do. So you know, good on you. Uh, excuse me, I did not have heartbeat. That's what I was misremembering. I had um, I had Karoo Lance. <laughs> oh boy! So, so was, you're getting like one well, mana at a time. Riding this one out. <laughs> Jesus! All right. Yeah, getting like one or I think I was getting two, had two per something like that. That's rough. Yeah. Um. Anyway, <laughs> uh, next deck I, I wrote down I shouldn't have, but I did. Uh, it's mono black. Uh, boy, is that a bad deck? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you doing this to the listeners? <laughs> Uh, sorry. Uh, yeah, I mean, the point of this deck is so you can cast cards that cost, like, black, 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 like the good old, um, Necropotence. Ooh, do they have any cards that cost black, 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 black? Oh, they, they do. Maybe. Did he make it back in? He did. I, I, pretty sure I saw him. Yes, he did. He's in there. Obliterator. So you got the Oblitz in there. If you really want to go nuts and you need that mono black stuff happening... He's, I mean, it's all there. It's still just as bad as ever, and you're just, you're just cutting yourself off good cards to <laughs> play an obliterator, like one card in your deck. It's so just, what are the other incentives for doing it? I mean, what, why do you play mono black? Um, I think I saw, what did I see? There were some other black, heavy black things in there. I forget what though. You can slam your turn two black knight consistently. I mean, Grizzlebrand is not something you typically cast, although... No, yeah, I mean, you can. But the thing is, is Grizzlebrand is still only four black mana when you're talking about eight mana and your black X. That's still totally doable. So you don't have to be mono to play Grizzle, I don't think, even if you're casting him. Um, Tendrils of Agony is in there. Or not Tendrils, sorry. That's a Storm card. Uh, what was I thinking of? The beautiful, beautiful storm card. Isn't there the uh, thing that gains Dark. you life? Gains you life. Hmm. Oh, consuming spirit or consume. Oh, there's a lot of them. I could there's be a lot wrong. Of that... Tendrils of agony. Yeah, Tendrils that's of... what I was thinking. I guess that's Tendrils not. Tendrils of agony is the drain gain. No, this is um, what's it called? Something tendrils. Yeah, tendrils of something. I guess no. it's not in here. <laughs> we're, we're the worst. It's not even in here, so I don't even. Yeah. Be talking about it. Uh, yeah, I don't know why you would play mono black besides the two cards I mentioned. Uh, oh, I guess Ar- Erebos is in there now, so that's a yeah, reason. Yeah, that's that's another incentive, yeah. which is good. I mean, I figure if you're kind of support mono black at all, you gotta like provide some sort of very powerful top end for. for yeah, but not like Erebos. It's just bad. Know, I don't, I don't recommend it ever. Just don't do it, guys. Um, yeah, I, I have a little footnote of black aggro. Again, just, just come on, don't do it. Uh, <laughs> Can I talk about... Um, yes. I saw one of the cards in here that's pretty new to me. I remember seeing it in a spoiler a while ago, but I'm sure a lot of people haven't played with this Toxin... Or, excuse me, Toxic Deluge. Yeah. You heard of this card. I read it when I looked at the spoiler. 
Yeah, it's, uh, it. so it's black and two. It's a uh, sorcery. And an additional cost is to pay X life, and all creatures get minus X minus X until end of turn. Now, it costs three, so that's definitely something to keep in mind um, as far as uh, powerful rats are concerned. Yeah. Um, it's impressive. It's, yeah. Yeah, very. Um, I guess the, the fact that it's giving minus X minus X is not going to be terribly important in most situations, because presumably you're not, like, for any creature that's indestructible, I think they're so big that you're probably not paying, like, the extra... The 12 life to kill Blightsteel Colossus? Yeah, yeah, I was trying to remember the, the toughness on Blightsteel. Yeah, yeah, you're probably not doing that, but, I mean, maybe you are if you have to. Well, of course you are if you have to. And, um, yeah, it seems... It seems very good. I don't know where it stands next to Damnation. If there's a reason that it's better just because it costs less, or it's as it's one rats. one black instead of two. I think that matters. Yeah. So better against aggro, where it's you know the life that you might pay is reasonable to have to pay or be able to play it a turn early. If you're getting like one drop, two drop, three drop, or two drop, three drop, one drop, two drop, whatever, you're getting like two or three creatures out of it, and you're paying presumably three life in order to get it. Maybe four in certain matchups. Sure. Yeah, being able to cast it a turn early seems very important. Like, the life you spend was about to be balanced out, or you are about to take more damage the next turn. Totally, yeah. yeah. I, I think it's it's probably better so, in aggro matchups. So it's better in aggro, worse against control. Yeah, so, or any okay. slow deck. <laughs> yeah, anything with, with some big creatures. Yeah. Yeah, where the Wrath isn't important, of course. So you take it over, and just a quick check, see if Damnation's in it. Oh, it's yeah, it is. So you take it over Damnation, you think, in most situations? I think I, I would take it over Damnation, yeah. At least yeah. to try it. I mean, I just want to see how it works. Mm-hmm. Seems good. Splashable, too. Yeah, I like so. it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really, uh, really stoked to see that in there. Another tool for the, uh, the control decks to play. Yeah. And, I mean, it is another black card that costs life, which is kind of unfortunate. <laughs> it's like, I feel like yeah. every other black card is like, lose life and do something cool. It's like, oh man, I don't have a million life. It does but run I do out want at some a point. Yeah. How are we going to negotiate this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Next week. So let's let's talk about this last deck I have on here. We kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier. Um, I just call it enters the battlefield or value town or just like dudes that do things when they come into play. Uh-huh. Um, and the reason it's a deck is because there are some things you can build around with it. Um, my favorite is Recurring Nightmare, uh, as it should be everyone's favorite, because it's absurd. Um, but, but yeah, like, these cards, like, Recurring Nightmare, Birthing Pod, um, you have, like, Venser the Sojourner, who flickers things every turn. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think they took out, uh... Momentary. Erratic Portal's been gone for a while, right? Yeah, and Erratic Portal. So it's just a matter if they have gone. Crystal Shard, which they do not have anymore. Yeah, they cut both. That's too bad. I know. All those, that value town. Those are fun. Um, but you still do have, like, um, Flicker Wisp and what's the Angel one? Uh, Revelation. Re- Angel of... Is that right? Angel of Revelation. The 3-4? Yeah. yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> What's it called? Damn it. 
<laughs> restoration. Restoration. Restoration age. Yeah. You still got that. They they did take out momentary blink, which I mean, I liked that card because you'd get it super late and it's always fun with that. Um and you have things like uh oh man, my brain. So bad. Man, this is gonna be an unlistenable episode. Parallax Wave, that's the one. Uh you got Parallax Wave, which is a pretty fun one when you got a bunch of Empress Battlefield stuff. Yeah. yeah um that's a guard. That's gotta be a pretty high pick. Yeah. So yeah, so the deck is basically you're drafting I mean it, it can be a lot of different colors. It could be white, it could be blue, it could be black, it could be green, not really red. Sorry, red. Uh, they do have FTK, the original, but uh, that's kind of where it stops. I guess Siege Gang, but no, mm-hmm. doesn't really work when, in red. But black, green, blue, and white all have plenty of the cards that support it. Um, I think gr- green is probably the least, but it has uh, some of the more powerful ones, like Acidic Slime or Eternal Witness. Yep, exactly. Um and then, uh, yeah, like, I, I think my favorite version of this deck is Black Green with, like, Recurring Nightmare and Eternal Witness, and just your turns take, like, four hours, and it just takes, <laughs> like, you're just slowly killing them, kind of, but I don't know. And it's just, like, dangling them. But you take Recurring Nightmare first, right? Yeah. Like, oh. that's, that's the kind of card that you can just build around, where in some decks... Maybe it's a little more fragile, and that one just getting recurring nightmare can be enough, right? To just to justify taking all the pieces around it. Totally, yeah. That powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it works really well in um, like a what I call a pseudo reanimator deck, where you're where you're uh, like blue black, but you're only playing like castable reanimation targets. Yeah. And you're just like. You can like luck into a reanimation, or you could just use all the enter the battlefield cool stuff happening with your recurring nightmare. It's so, you think that's the kind of deck that you that you like to draft first off, or do you want to draft more of a combo reanimation deck? I prefer the value deck. Okay. Okay. Uh, just because I have more fun with it, I I don't think it's better. I think it's probably worse, but um, but I like to have fun. Yeah. Probably better against blue, right? Because the idea is it's supposed to be more resilient. We're going to have more creatures. Totally. uh, More creatures along the curve, right? A lot of enters the battlefield effects to abuse. Mm. But so yeah, you're you have actually a lot of forms of card advantage aside from not like the card disadvantage that is the combo version where you're you're pitching a lot of cards just to cycle through your deck. Right. Or maybe not disadvantage depending on which spells you're using to get cards into your yard, but. Yeah, and and the deck even turns into almost like a tempo deck where if you have enough like mana wars and such, like you're actually just like kind of beating beating on them very slowly while also just getting like you're essentially getting all these free spells attached to little dudes that will slowly kill them. Just just bears with good abilities. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Oh, that sounds like such a good grind. Yeah, it's just to put someone through where they time. think they have a chance, but there's just they're just just such a like an incremental advantage that you're gaining yep. every turn, every activation. Mm-hmm. It's fun it's stuff. It's like having a planeswalker out. <laughs> it's kind of like that, yeah. Um, but yeah, that that's um that was the last one I wrote down. I 
I'm, I mean, I know there are other strategies. Uh, nothing else like comes to the, the top of my head, but there's a lot to do with this cube. I mean, you can always just be like the good cards deck, which is essentially five color control, uh, where you're not really thinking about an archetype. You're just taking the cards you really like. I think that deck tends to be bad, but, um, yeah. But you think there's enough fixing in this version of the cube to make it work? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, let's make it happen. Yeah. Uh, I, before we, uh, sign off here, let's talk a little bit about power. Um, we talked about it on the last podcast, me and Greg, and, uh, yeah. So do you mean the power, like the power nine or just power level in Q? Power nine. Uh, power nine. Yeah. Okay. And Spencer talked about it with us too, I think. Uh, we're including Pluto on this or? <laughs> no, we're not including Pluto. <laughs> All right. That is, de- All right. that is definitely not a planet. Um, yeah, so, when it comes to, or it, actually, let's let's call it the Power Nine, uh, and add Soul Ring to that. Uh, okay, so just Soul Ring moves in. Yeah, and right. so like, like where are you at when you're staring down all these cards? Pack one, pick one. What's where am I at? Yeah, probably uh, in my room in my underwear. <laughs> and what card are you clicking <laughs> Dad on? Dad jokes. Um, <laughs> what uh, what card am I what? What card are you choosing? Um, I think I would choose, I would probably choose, like, Lotus, just because I like to combo, particularly more than most people, mm-hmm. um, because I want to, because uh, I want to draft Storm. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say it. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, I feel like, like a Narcanon right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would, I would take that. I know most people would take, I think most people take Ancestral, or... They take Sol Ring yeah. over the Moxon. Um, not terribly sure where that is supposed to break down in this format, but it seems like with a bunch of sigils, excuse me, not sigils, but with a bunch of um, signets, like Sol Ring becomes. Uh, well, I guess I guess it works both ways since either way you can cast a signet turn one with a Mox or with a Sol Ring. So, what would you rather have turn two? And I think if like, I think when it's all said and done, you take Sol Ring over the Mox. Yeah, this format. I think so. Yeah. Especially, like, it seems like getting extra colored mana on artifacts is not a problem. Getting your second color or two of one color isn't going to be an issue in most decks. Mm-hmm. So I would just take more mana and don't mind taking off turn one to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that being said, <laughs> Lotus. <laughs> All right. How about you? Um, I'm an Ancestral. Instant speed, draw three. It's just fits my, my love of the instant speed stuff and, uh, can't complain about drawing cards. I think that, um, it's probably the, the card that will, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting debate because I would love to see the spreadsheet because you know how much I love spreadsheets, but I would love to see the spreadsheet that that has, like, the stats for people with these cards in their opening hands and the percentage, the like, win percentage, you know? Like, if you have Soul Ring in your opening hand, is your win percentage yeah. better than if you have Lotus in your opening hand? Or same with Ancestral. Um, obviously, the, I think the Ancestral would probably be at the bottom of this list because... Really? 
Well, I mean, it's not. It's only gaining you more resources, or it's more yeah. getting more cards, not like doing right. something absurd. Right. Um, so it's it's what you're looking at very specifically, as opposed to like in the context of what you have in your opener, not. Yeah, but I mean, it might. I don't know. It, I might be wrong on that. I I don't think I am, but you never know. I having more things to choose from is pretty powerful. So. Truly, especially when you're only paying one to. Get it. <laughs> yeah. Because you don't have Isochron Scepter in here to really. That would be hilarious. Get um, God, that that card is, that card is like, just full of sadness. But Ice Crown Scepter. Yeah, it's one of those cards that's like was in our cube for so long, mm-hmm. and man, no one could ever make it work. But like, you always wanted to. It's, it's yeah. Like you're like I got I have like six instants that work with it. That's enough, right? And you play it, and you're like ah, it's like not enough. <laughs> Well, it depends on what those cards are, right? Like right. six would be enough if those effects are they're all useful. Maybe if they're very powerful, but I don't know. Maybe you just want to cast them right away and not have the extra tax of the right. You want you want to have like fire ice in your deck to ship to that. That's the best one. Um, mana, mana drain. Uh, mana drain would just be just like any counterspell on the on the soft lock. Yeah. Got you. Got to get some nice stuff though, like. I don't know, like putting like a brainstorm on there, like sounds cute, but it's just not very good. <laughs> just brainstorming for two mana every turn is, but you took two cards to do it. It's like it takes a while to get the value back, unless you're shuffling your deck, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, you know, things change. But yeah, everyone's favorite lightning bolt. He's always welcome on it. Sure, three damage yeah. at at any time. I'll take it. Yeah, we could name off some of the the better instants, but the point is, there's only a few that are really that would make you want to play Isochron with limited Isochron or targets for your scepter. Yeah. Your right. Yeah. You, and that sweet yeah, and spot is probably close to around like, like eight cards. Yeah. You run seven, maybe seven. Yeah. I guess it depends on how much you go through your deck too. That's another consideration. Where mm-hmm. It's always the, you know, with a, a heavy draw spell deck, your deck is functionally a bit smaller and then having less targets for it is more acceptable. But yeah. See what you're saying about having not enough targets for it. So the sadness is that it's not in the cube? Is that what you're saying? The sadness no, is that it like No, the sadness is race? that when it was in the cube and I drafted it, it never worked. <laughs> mm. <laughs> it was like always this like little twinkle in my eye that just would never work. It was sad. It was just, it was just always disappointing, it failing. Um, and so we took it out because it never works. So... That's the way it goes. Oh man, imagine putting brain freeze on that shit. <laughs> I would vote to have it back in the deck or back in the uh, the cube. I uh, you would be downvoted probably. I would be. <laughs> I, I mean, we you, like I said, it was in oh. there for for years. Yeah. Yeah, we've played with it a lot, and it, I don't was, think it's ever worked. Was it in? But it was in before the power came, right? Like I don't remember. No, it was in during power. Really? Yeah. So even after adding ancestral, maybe that's a reason to take it out, but. I feel like if you're doing power, you keep in the powerful synergies. Um, all right, so you added in, added in Mondrain, added in Ancestral, took out Isochron. Seems like this is where Isochron's at its best. Yeah, it's still not good enough. Still not good enough. That's I mean, too bad. I mean, you just don't have the cards. Like the the chances of you getting more than two instants in your deck that you want to put on Isochrons is so low, and it's like two is just not enough. 
you, you can't get through your deck fast enough to find those cards. It just sits there in your hand and just laughing at you. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that was our awful rambling about <laughs> holiday cube archetypes. Well, thank you. <laughs> oh, not just you. I, I just, I don't know. I felt like I was saying um every other word and losing track of what I was trying to say. And we do know about, like, half the magic cards names so like also known as the double ruffle <laughs> yeah we were yeah we were blowing it but um yeah so there's a lot to uh figure out with this cube still i think there's uh there's probably some synergies that i'm missing because there's a lot of cards to go through here but um but yeah go for it try to draft some sweet stuff Stay away from Storm unless you want to lose the timeout. <laughs> <laughs> At least Palancron Storm, right? Like, sure, yeah. All the other Storm cards are... Or storm oh, can be very difficult to play because it's so precarious whenever you win, it seems. But, yeah. But storm is so... so Palancron is just the worst. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. Man, I don't know. Anyway, uh, you have any closing thoughts? I would say draft as much of this cube as humanly possible and record as many videos as possible jeff oh, please we'd uh, I love to try. see you actually draft again and get a video up there it's been so long um yeah i will try to do that i will have some free time uh starting on the 18th in fact so which is yeah, the day yeah. it comes out perfect uh yeah so hopefully we'll see some of some videos maybe from ryan as well uh, and uh, hopefully I'll see you guys out there drafting this sweet cube. Just stay away from Reanimator. Draftcast out. Draftcast <laughs> out.